Welcome to the Raymond Tamaklo podcast. You are about to listen to a message as preached by the senior pastor and founder of Love Springs International Church, Nairobi, Kenya. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo is a missionary to the nation of Kenya. He is an author and a church planter. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo has a passion of raising pastors and shepherds who delight in the work of God. He has dedicated fairly all his life to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing exactly this. He believes in ensuring that the Word of God is preached to all because each and every soul is precious and important to God. This podcast will reignite your love for God and His work and will work out times of refreshing in your life. Now, get ready to be blessed as you listen to the soul-saving Word of God expertly handled by Reverend Raymond Tamaklo of the Love Springs International Church Headquarters, Nairobi. Be transformed as you listen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We ask, everlasting Father, that you rain down wisdom upon us. You rain down understanding upon our hearts. Above all, give us hearts that comprehends and receives humbly with meekness from above. Feed us with fresh bread baked in the ovens of heaven and cause our spirit man to be nourished in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Please do have your seats. The Lord bless you for being here tonight. Um, even though you know what is waiting for you, you still come. And that's a blessing, isn't it? <laughs> it's a blessing. All right, without much ado, the pride of a novice. And we have discovered that a novice is a person who is new to the circumstances. Amen? Some people can be new to new environments. Do you understand? Yes, they can be new to new environments. You can be new to prosperity. Yeah, you can be used to small money. Yes, it can be new to small money. Uh, the things that changes people are new. Yes, they are new. Some people, even a new shirt can change them. I've already started. Yeah. Some people, even a new dress can change them. <laughs> the working style changes. 
because today the dress is new. <laughs> you got a point now. Yeah, even a new dress changes people. <laughs> Some people, even a new hairstyle changes them. The things that change people is new. <laughs> a new hairstyle just changes them. Especially if somebody tells them that your hair is nice. Quisha, that's it. That's it. You know? So, the things that change people are new. You know, and that makes you a novice. Do you understand? It makes you a novice. Um, A novice is a person who is new to the circumstances. Uh, A novice is a person who is new to the work. Yeah, you're new to the work. It makes you a novice. Are you listening? Yeah, some people were new to the work of the ministry, but they thought they were veterans, you know, they thought that they have conquered countries and territories, and somebody was against them, and somebody didn't like them, do you understand, or that somebody was even sitting on their promotion, <laughs> understand this promotion comes from if you read Psalm 75 it comes from above yes if God wants you lifted and promoted no man no man can stop it if God wants you appointed as a pastor no man can stop it it doesn't come from the west or from the east, that's what the psalmist said, or from the south, it cometh from above. For, but God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. It comes from God. Are you listening to me? Yes. And I'm also not here to appoint perceived favorites as pastors. Everybody are appoint by the guidance of God has certain needed and unique qualities. Many people want to be in positions people are. But Charlie, the truth is that you don't have the necessary qualities. In fact, many people think that God doesn't have human resource. God has, in fact, he's the best human resource manager. <clears throat> he's the best human resource manager. Do you understand? Yeah. Men in secular um, works can choose to not promote you because they don't like you. You are not from their tribe. The human resource is a Kamba. You are a lawyer. You stayed there for God knows how many years. Isn't it? Yeah, that's human and secular institutions. But when you're dealing with God, he's looking, God's human resource center is your, the heart. 
He's looking at the heart. I listen to me. So, you are new to the work. You don't know how the whole thing runs. You know, that you know one or two scriptures. Doesn't qualify you to be appointed a pastor. If he's knowing one or two scriptures, there are atheists who argue with scripture. Do you understand? They'll point you here and they'll, they, they'll try to show you contradictions in the Bible. Even you who says you know the Bible, once they start showing you contradictions, like, ah, Connie, this is in the Bible. They know the Bible. So if it's just the knowledge of the Bible, we should appoint even atheists as pastors. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yeah, you are new to the way. Just humble yourself. The, the problem is that you think you know too much. Hmm. Yeah. You know too much. But you are new to the work. Center of us here for one year. Center of Asia for two years. Suddenly, we have to tiptoe around you. You are new to the work. Yes. And you don't know what it takes to work in the ministry. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Number three, a novice is a beginner. A novice, number four, is a minister who has been received for a period of probation. A minister, you are on probation. We are trying to see whether God truly called you. (laughs) We are trying to confirm if you were called. Until we realize that center offering was your personal property. Until we realize you were taking offerings for yourself. Do you understand? And we realize that no, 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 no. Hmm. Judas was paying himself. You, you have started paying yourself from the center. What will happen if you have your church now? No offering will come to headquarters. Yes. So you are on probation. And we're trying to say, is it true? This one that's doing center and has 50, is it true that she's called? Like you were on probation until we realized that you eat the sheep. <laughs> yeah, you are on probation until we, we realized that, hey, sheep, sheep are slapping the bomb bomb of center overseer. of a cold woman has sheep touching your breast sheep kissing you sheep slapping your bum bum come on wait you are on probation <laughs> you got a point now yeah a minister so you are a minister but you are on probation <laughs> number five a novice is someone who has been doing a job For only a short period of time. Short period of time. Hmm. Three months. Four months. (laughs) 
Suddenly, Charlie, you are behaving like you have been here. Kitambo. Mercy. Number six, I know is someone without much experience. Without much experience. When, when it comes to sex, you have a lot of experience. But there are things you don't have much experience. One of them is ministry. Accept it to yourself. I started preaching at the age of 14, 15, thereabout. And from that time to where I am now, I have had enough experience in what is called ministry. Yes. I'm not... I'm not a novice. You get it? And by saying that I may sound braggadocious, but I'm not being braggadocious is is a fact. After you have been in something for a number of years, you actually become an authority in the thing. Is the reason I can look at my pastors and I tell them this person will leave your church. This person will soon leave. It's because of experience. There are certain things you demonstrate. I look at your face. There are people I just look at their face once in the service and I knew I'll never see them again. Yes. Yes. And you gather the same experience if you're sensitive. Year after year, as you stand before people, you, you, do you understand? You become an authority in the thing. It doesn't take me much to know why somebody is behaving this way or that way. Do you understand? Yeah. You just see, there are people who gives you a certain face and you can just tell that the face is an exaggerated attempt at hiding what is really in the heart. Yes, an exaggerated attempt at hiding what truly is inside the person's heart. Yes. <laughs> Do you understand? You, that's experience. And a novice does not have what it takes. As I'm standing there and as I'm teaching, I always speak things from people's hearts. Yeah, people minister to you. As you are ministering, people are ministering back to you. You, you have to be sensitive to know. There are some people, they are even wondering, why have I even returned here? Why am I back here? You, you should pick all those. And then that's why sometimes I'm teaching, and then I say something exactly at the time your heart is conceiving it. They know themselves. It's, it's from experience. Having done it for over 20 years, you are no longer a novice. You become an author. You see, as I'm speaking, your hearts are doing two things. Your hearts are either receiving or your hearts are conceiving. You are either receiving or your heart is conceiving something. And you can tell a receiver from a conceiver. Tonight is hot. (laughs) 
And a novice cannot tell the difference between a receiver and a conceiver. <laughs> Mercy. Do you understand? Yeah. Two things are happening as the word of God is coming. Hearts are receiving. And then hearts are conceiving. Yes. <laughs> it's another novice. <laughs> Only a novice will keep their phones on in church. Isn't it? So it's a novice. Yes. A novice that is conceiving phone calls. Careful. <laughs> uh, yeah. Number seven. A novice is a person recently entered into a condition. Hey. As for this one, it changes people in a very mighty way. <laughs> Suddenly, you that, yeah, I, I get surprised at how quickly people change. Yes. You that, you they walk here, up and down, single sister, single sister, the moment somebody says, oh, now you are my beloved. You see, a condition has come. You used to be here before praise and worship. Your beloved doesn't come before praise and worship. Now you, when you are single, you come before praise and worship. Now your beloved is the one who is the, he, he comes to share the grace. So when you are single, this is what you were. Then your condition changed. Now you have a beloved. Both of you now come to share the grace. And if you, and, and you see, people, many people by their dispositions do not receive pastoral counsel, pastoral care in this environment. Because a good, a, a pastoral care will be to call you and say, no, this, this is not good. You were never like that. Yes. So when people's condition change, do you understand? Yeah. So, in this environment, once, if I call you, I, I'm assuming that, oh, you are a daughter. I call you, I say, hey, you are never like this. Since you started moving with uh, Brother Ricky G. You know? <laughs> Since Brother Ricky G came into your life. <laughs> you, <laughs> your time of coming to church has changed. Do you understand? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? Forget the name. Just pay attention. (laughs) Do you understand? Since you started dating Brother Suspendo, (laughs) you, you, you no longer come for praise and worship. Do you understand? That's, that's, that's pastoral care now. That you, you have what it takes for your pastor to call you and say, no, I've noticed this and it's wrong. My dear, it's wrong. But who are you to go and call this sister? When she leaves, she's going to say, you see, 
this church they don't encourage relationships just one rela- uh, finally God has answered my prayer apostle I'm a jam but the problem is not the relationship God giving relationships should come to improve you, not to make you worse. Why have you come into my life? If it's to make me worse, why? And you, then I can't say God gave you to me because you, you, Satan equally could have given you to me. How is it that my time of coming to church has changed? Praise and worship. I no longer value praise and worship because of Brother Ricky G. Brother Suspendo. (laughs) 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 Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yes. So, that condition is new. Yeah, you are a faithful member. When you, your condition changes from spinsterhood or bachelorhood to a, being a married man or a married sister, it shouldn't change you. Yes. It shouldn't change you. you do, eh, listen, there are things like me, I came here, I was brought up a particular way. Um, I have certain principles and qualities it has been next year April will be 15 years I haven't lowered that I haven't changed it for any of my pastors I haven't changed it for anybody do you understand that's what we that's maturity because if every time you have to change a very good principle in your life to accommodate Certain people, what happens when they walk out of your life? So I am me, whether you are here or not, I am me. And you should be matured enough. That's how you qualify people into your life. Some of you, everybody can enter your life. You must qualify the people that you admit into your life. Not everybody can be your friend. I accept it. Not everybody can be your friend. The person who should be your friend should share the same principles and the same ideals that you share. The Bible says can, in the book of Amos, can two walk together except they be agreed? Come on now. So when your condition change, you understand? A, a lot of times, this, if pastors have their, their way, you know, and, and even the pastoral ministry or the pastoral heart can't even for a minute um, conceive such a thing. Yeah. Good pastors want their people to do well. Um, the pastoral heart wants to see people improve. Yeah, a pastor wants to see his members getting blessed. But truly, what pastors suffer from when the condition of their flock changes, they would rather that they stay in the same condition. Yeah. Because now, 
Somebody, because of one small penny, penny money, will even change their number. Pastor, anapigia simu. Ayuko. Anasumbua. Do you understand? Yeah. Is it like the pastoral heart is just made by God to want to see somebody do well? And it must be the reason why pastors don't give up. <laughs> yeah, it must be the reason why pastors don't give up. Because after you have experienced this person's condition change, they became this way. They became that way. There are people who used to call me apostle, apostle until they prospered. They call me Raymond. Yes. Go and tell Raymond. One man was dying. He was dying somewhere at the backside of Kamakis. Kamakis. I went and stood in his compound and I prayed against death. When that man came back to life and he met one shepherd, he said, is Raymond there? And the other day he sent his daughter to come to my page asking that I should come and see him because he's in a terrible uh, condition and I, I... when I, I, I told, I, my attention was drawn to it, and I said, this is, is this so-so and so person. I said, I'm not going. If my not going will mean I go to hell, I, I do go. I, in fact, I've arrived. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. And, and that's because sometimes people want to, they have faith in, in um, disloyal people. You know, the person, it hasn't occurred to the person that you were told that you are Raymond. But I'm Raymond. Anyway, it's the truth. I'm Raymond. I I don't know what the problem is. (laughs) Do you see any problem? I I don't know if there's a problem. (laughs) Uh, But you see, the person's condition has changed. (laughs) Hey, wow. Careful. So when your condition changes, one sister, her condition changed. She came to church right, right around the same time that Koana and Ko came to church. This church, yes. And she was an usher. Yes. When we have Kesha, she will stand and sleep. Yes. Standing literally and she will sleep. Yes. Hmm. If the people who got blessed in this ministry were in this ministry up till today, it will be mind blowing. Yes. Because she got blessed. I'm talking of people, when we started a ministry, we even have to give them transport to come to church. Yes. It's not now. You know, you came the other day, a novice, and you started, you did it for a while. Then you got tired of busing. I was busing people. Yes. 
when we close church like this, they all wait for 300, 200, 300, 200. Yes. <laughs> for sure. Uh, you don't know you don't know you see you see you well he he wasn't there but you see after Gohan has carried the offering basket he's first in line yeah they line up for for after every service Yes. So if, if we had seven days revival, seven days after each service, you have to give them 250, 300, 400. Yes. Yes. To go and come back the next day, every day. Yes. So you just see like now if it's today after um, Brother Titus singing Adonai. You, you'll be behind um, um, Gohan for his own. Yeah, I'm talking about people that played the piano, people that cleaned the church, people that sang in the choir or led worship and praise. You had to give every one of them something. He's here, I'm not lying. Which criteria? So you, you came to meet it. Yes. For how long? Yeah. You had to literally do that. The day I said, They all disappeared. Left with about three, four people from a group of about 20 to 25 people. You got a point now? Yeah. So... That sister got blessed in the church. Hey! When she became, the, she became an elder also in the church and she was financially like okay. Hey! She started, you, even, you see when the condition changes, you see that they introduce high heels. Yes! She now started, hey man! Oh, she was doing well. She was doing well. She was blessed. She was blessed. Pa. Huh? One day she told me how much she makes every day and I was blown out away. Yeah. And that's from somebody that when she came to the church, even if you were the prophet and you were prophesying, you passed by her and prophesied to the next person. There was no hope. Prayer and fasting. It was one prayer and fast. You know the new people in the church who don't come for prayer and fasting. Eh? I I just wonder. Yeah, I truly look at them like, are you also sure you want some breakthrough? Because I can mention off the top of my head a group of people that after a particular prayer and fasting encounter, something changed for them. In fact, the reason I organize prayer and fasting is, you see, you can't change everybody's life at once. So there will always be a season. Remember what the man said. He said, an angel comes and stirs the water at a particular season. Do you understand? So don't be deceived that there are seasons God lifts somebody. But will you be there? Will you be expectant? 
When the waters are stirred, will you be expectant? Will you be available? Will you be there? So I look at the, even the kind of people we are. That's why I, is it me? I want the church and I want my members blessed. That's why I was, I was, I reached a place where I didn't want them around. I'm telling you today, I didn't want the church members, the caliber of church members we had. I didn't want them in the church. That's not a church member. I mean, what do you mean a church member? You, I'm here believing God that my people will be blessed. Come and pray. You won't come. And then I'm here, I'm saying, I have church members. We church members. I don't have church members. So it made no difference whether they were here or not. I, I'm trying to build a solid thing moving forward. That's why putting you this whole place feel. Before you all return, by the way, here was getting filled though. <laughs> you don't know. But with what? Or with who? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, when you cough, and I can, I, can, I can just mention, I can mention just from the inception of the church. Yeah. A prayer and fasting, and then somebody's life changed. Pray and fasting, somebody. And it was one of those. And in that prayer and fasting, you know, her life changed. And her finances changed. If you told that church member, oh, I need 200,000. The only reason you're not getting is because you are saying it now. She'll tell you tomorrow. Do you understand? Yeah? I'm not talking about like... um, Seed. Do, do you get it? You're just asking. She was, oh, tomorrow. Yes. But when she, her condition changed, the first thing she did was to hold an orangu meeting in her house. Provided chai and mukate to discuss my ministry and my life. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah anywhere there is chai and mkate there is a lawyer <laughs> I think it's their favorite pastime <laughs> they make important decisions over tea and other things <laughs> and the chai has to be hot. So as they were drinking hot chai, Apostle these days, he's teaching that they were drinking hot tea. Hey! When she left, she sent me a message. When she left the church, she sent me a message and said, tell him that Yes, he's not the one who prayed for me and I got blessed. Yes. Then he mentioned a prophet friend of mine who passed through the church at one point in time. So, yeah. And then he says, tell him that his prayers are too small. I can never be poor in my life again. You see, that's why... For some time now, we are careful who we bless. 
Balaam said, he has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Yes. Tell him his prayers are too small. So some of you, you are suffering from the problems created by people who have gone before you. Yes. So some of you, God is searching you. Will you also send my servant a message that tell him that his prayers are too small? Let me watch you for another year. Some of you, God is watching you for another year. <laughs> me, I believe that God can change anybody's life. I don't know. That's my faith. Yeah? I mean, how do you explain someone who is not gotten any form of education to get a job with UN Habitat? I mean, you can't explain it. Do you understand? So your conditions will change. But I want to see the same, you see, drive your range. Nobody has a problem with your Range Rover. I think the problem is the attitude you now have, now that you have the Range Rover. Drive the Range Rover, come and pack it down there. Come and take the microphone and just be yourself. Now you have Range Rover, then you come. Then when Titus picks the microphone, and then he, he will now stand and look at one other singer like, excuse me. Uh, you weren't doing that when you were in Tuk Tuk. So now you have a Range Rover. Don't, don't have like a look down attitude where people are concerned. I don't know if you understand. When the condition change, you can see somebody who is new to a particular condition. Yes. Like married people, when they are new to the condition of marriage, they have a lot of sex. After a time, they don't even want it. Yeah. After them, they, they, they have to draw a timetable. You know, Wednesday night. If at all, at all, at all, as for Friday, put an asterisk around Friday. Asterisk, between me and you, asterisk is conditional. You know, it's, it depends. Yes. But when they are new to the condition, yeah, they have sex like it will finish. Careful. <laughs> don't change. I'll tell you, neighbor, don't change. <laughs> a novice is a newly imported person. You have been imported. <laughs> I've brought you from Accra to this place. You see a novice. And many novices, you know, imported. You see that the attention they get in the new environment gets to their head. Oh, yeah. I've had to export back some imported persons. I've done it before. Oh. Nine. 
A novice is a recently discovered person. Freshly discovered. Freshly discovered. As a man, you can teach like that. Man, what a teacher. Man, as a man, you can prophesy. We just discovered you can prophesy. Newly discovered. Fresh talent. After that, you see that your attitude is different. Do you understand? Yeah? So, we see that the pride of a novice is worthy of extra attention. That's why, again, I'm recounting what it means to be one. Do you understand? Yeah. But what I want us to look at is how that Lucifer came to be who he became. What caused it? Already we know that he suffered from the pride of a novice, isn't it? But there's something that the pride of a novice does. Do do you get it? So we want to look at those things. Number one, the pride of a novice. Overconfidence. (laughs) We want to look at the offshoots of the pride of a novice. The number one product that you will find with every novice that has pride. Do you get it? Is what? Overconfidence. The problem, let me draw your, your attention to this understanding. The problem isn't that you are a novice. That's not the problem. Because before you become an experienced somebody, you will have to be a novice. So the problem is not that you are a novice. No, that can never be a problem. The problem is that you are a proud novice. Like you are a novice that is swelled up with pride. That is the problem because a novice easily falls into pride. So whenever somebody has the, you know, the connotations, the telltale signs of being a novice, you, you are likely to see pride not far from them. Are you listening to me? So one of the workings of the pride in a novice is the fact that it breeds overconfidence in a novice. It's going to get hot. Amen. Number 16 verse 1 to 4. Number 16 1 to 4. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son 
of Levi, and Daron and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. This is the problem with rebels. They never go alone. They have to take men. So if you are here and somebody is adding you to their group, ask yourself, at the end of the day, what will be my outcome? Do you understand? Oh, come, let's go, Mandamano, let's go, Mandamano. Will you return home that night? There are some people, they don't have any friendship with death. They will do 2,000 Mandamanos before they die. You, one appearance, and you are on your way to. <laughs> one appearance, and you, you are, you are already. Yes, you now become a, a number, a statistics. Be, always be careful when rebels are adding you to their group. You are here in the church. You see an orangu. Suddenly, you have an affinity with an orangu. They may survive and you may not. Careful. They took what? Men. Is that one thing? In fact, look at Lucifer. The guy could have done whatever he wanted to do. What does he do? He takes one third of God's pastors. He says, Follow me. <laughs> so when he's working, you see that he starts taking men. I noticed you were not smiling last Sunday. You can fit into this group. You didn't like what he was teaching, right? You didn't like, yeah, yeah. Come, join this group. Just join the group. Yes, join the group. Yeah, join the group. There are many things human beings do. They look so natural in their doings. They look so normal. But they are satanic. Yes, they are satanic. A lot of satanic influences look very normal. Yeah, look very natural. Look like it's just the norm. But it's satanic in nature. So these guys, they took men, verse 2. And they rose up before Moses. Moses, don't forget, is the senior pastor. Do you understand? With certain of the children of Israel... 250 princes of the assembly famous in the congregation they were CEOs they were chief of staffs and the Orangu started picking them they were picking the, the prized prized members and leaders princes you, you are commanding 50 people. Yeah, join this movement. You, you have 25. What we want to do to cripple the church, we need your numbers. So they got that 250 princes of the famous in the congregation. Yes. You didn't know you could MC. We gave you microphone and you now became a good MC. You stand here, you MC. People enjoy you. When that guy enters you, 
You see, what we didn't know was that we were promoting and we were advertising a future Orangu, a future rebel. Yes. Because now you are, you are famous in the congregation. You got a point now? Yeah? That's why loyalty is important. Otherwise, you can equally be making a demon famous. And then he will use his fame to now pull and break you down. Ever wonder why many pastors don't like raising other pastors? Because after they are raised, they, they use the same. Do you understand? Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> Famous in the congregation, men of renown. Men of renown. You see that it is your chief of staff. You told everybody, obey her. That is behind the scenes, sacking people. One pastor had such a person around her. How do you expect the church to grow when the very person whose image you are building, like you're telling everybody, respect titles, respect him, honor him. What he says, do. You are the one giving him that level of recognition. And behind the scenes, that that same person is the one telling people, don't even do an akazo. That's the person frightening people. But you are not even wiser to know that. that that's what the person is doing. Meanwhile, you are busy promoting. Sometimes my pastors bring me people to pray for. I get surprised. I get surprised. Because what I see and I tell the pastor, they, they can't see. <laughs> see, I get a novice. <laughs> <laughs> When that sister, when that sister who God bless was misbehaving and all, Pastor Edwin was his his staunch defender. I remember I had a meeting and I sat down in a meeting and we finished the meeting with pastors and elders and they all left and I asked Pastor Edwin to remain behind. He sat down and then I told him, this lady, she's waiting for me to travel. When I travel, she will never come to church. It's finished. She's gone. I said, no, you know, apostle, um, it's not really like that. I said, I'm telling you she's waiting. The moment I travel, she's gone. And like joke, like joke, I traveled. And she was gone. And I've not seen her pack a leo. Yeah. So, you see, like now, if somebody doesn't even believe that I'm anointed, you don't even believe that I'm a prophet, don't believe all those. At least believe that I have experience. <laughs> That's because she used to call Pastor Edwin at midnight. To tell Pastor Edwin like different sides of the story. Pastor Edwin will be worried. Pastor Edwin will call me his apostle. You know, uh, elder so so and so as I said, it's not like that. 
I don't know why he never got tired of those calls. Because those calls last long. Yes. She would talk for one hour, two hours. And you see, all that while it was just a pretense because what was in the person's heart to do is there. And they won't even reveal that one. And they are busy wasting your time. No wonder Jesus looked at Judas and said, whatsoever thou do it, do it quickly. If you are not careful, the, the devil will just be dancing uh, whatever, whatever you dance. That dance they do like this here. What is that dance? Does it have a name? <laughs> you people, when you are dancing, you are always doing this. I don't know what you are doing. <laughs> Does it have a name? <laughs> Does it have a name? <laughs> do you have a name for it? <laughs> you see the devil is dancing chakacha around you. Meanwhile, the real thing is in his heart. <laughs> so sometimes all the talking, I say, whatever thou, do it quickly. Do it quickly. Uh, do quickly. <laughs> Careful. Back to my scripture, number 16. <laughs> Verse 3. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Verse 3 is a true picture of a certain people. They gathered themselves against Moses. You see, people that they never even believed that they could one day even teach from the Bible. They taught all their lives. All they ever thought they would do is to smoke shisha. Then you raise them. You teach them. You train them. They are the ones who now rise up against you. You would have liked us if we left you smoking your shisha. Yes. Now now that we taught you a little scripture. Do you get it? Yes. The other things I want to say that is the only thing you ever thought you would do in your life. But it will sound some way. There are things I want to say that there is the only thing they ever thought they would do in their entire life. <laughs> said unto them, ye take too much upon you. Seeing all the congregation are holy. Every one of them. Every one of them. They had had a holy a holy thermometer. Holy meter. Yes, they had a holy meter. (laughs) These guys had a holy meter. They measured the level of holiness of all the congregation. And they took the statistics and said, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? Hmm. 
And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. There are some things that novices say when you are experienced and you, you hear it, you just start crying, mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. You see, Moses, he fell on his face. Are you here? You see, thank God for faith, love, and hope. Thank God for these three things. Faith, love, and hope. That is because faith, love, and hope, it builds confidence in a believer. When a believer has faith, love, and hope, they are confident of who they are in Christ Jesus. Are you listening to me? And it is a good thing to be confident in the Lord. You have to be confident in the Lord. Now, the problem, however, is that confidence leads to pride. And then if you're not careful, pride leads to overconfidence. You get the point now? And the issue is with overconfidence. <laughs> so I'm going to explain something to you. And some of you, 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 if you want to be honest, if you want to be very, 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 very honest, you will know that. Eh, umesemakweli. Good. So, watch this. What makes humble people who are in the church just the other day, suddenly they become overconfident. Overconfident. And then now you cannot rebuke them. Right? Let me tell you why. Sin. When you continue to sin and sin becomes infected with pride, you become overconfident. So a lot of people I've dealt with, they were sinning, and because they were never caught, they were very confident. That's the point at which sin was mixed with pride. You become overconfident. Do you understand? Yes. So, for example, let me pick one, one particular um, week. Let's say um, thieves. Thieves. When you steal once, you steal again and again and you are never caught. You become very cocky. Isn't it? Yeah, you become very cocky. You know, they'll never catch me. Yeah, they'll never catch me. Until the time they install a CCTV and you didn't know. 
Do you understand? Because the moment you stole once, twice, and you were not caught, it brings a setting of a confidence. And then that confidence infected with pride, it tells you, oh, they will never know. How would they know? Yeah, they can never know. Yes. So you see, like, if you fornicate and you are not caught, you may be in a room with a fellow sister and you have developed um, a scheme of reading the sister and to know when to fornicate. Do you understand? And you are never caught. You become cocky. Yes. Until one day the sister said, oh, Nayenda. And you quickly made your phone calls. Then the sister was in the maternity. Ah, I left my phone. Then she came back suddenly. And there you are with a strange boy in the room. The sister thought there were two prayerful sisters in the house. Do you understand? Yes. So, when people sin or they do something bad and they are not discovered, do you get it? Yes. They, they become cocky. That's how thieves get caught. They become cocky. Do you understand? Like, um, in West Africa, I don't know about here, there's a way they come to your window and steal your phone through the window as you are sleeping. Yes. Don't get any idea. But, uh, last time I, I checked, there's a way they attach glue to a long stick and put it through your window. They know that what well, well, Melala. Then they attach it to the phone and then pull it out and cut is it a net or whatever and take out the phone. Now, when the person has stolen your phone twice, once, twice, and thieves like to repeat business. <laughs> it's like they see you're a soft spot. Do you get it? The person has become cocky until they didn't know that that day you drank 20 cups of coffee waiting for them. <laughs> Careful. Do you get it? And that's how they become cocky. Yes. And some people, because of that infestation of pride, do you get it? Yeah. They get discovered and they get caught. When criticism, Bishop says, is infected with pride, the critical person develops an evil overconfidence. Always critical. There are people in this church who think that I drink busa and I appoint chief of staffs. <laughs> yes. They think that after drinking busa and I'm high like a kite is when I appoint a chief of staff. 
Yes, because my appointment of a chief of staff doesn't meet their criteria of who a leader should be or whatever. You see, if you are a critical person, you get that evil confidence, overconfidence. And the truth is that you don't know what a leader is doing. And you see, a lot of, if, if we had a correct environment that is zero tolerant to disloyalty, a lot of bad comments will cease from the church. But you see, this person is critical and knows that they will not even go and say anything. I know people who disagree with me when I make decisions. I know. I don't even have to go to like a a democratic meeting with them. You just see the disapproval on their face. You just see. And let me appoint the same person. You see the happiness in them. You see, the truth of the matter is you are not happy because it is not you. Admit it to yourself. You're not happy because it is not you. If a nice brother in the church picks a nice sister from the church, is that how you have to learn to, you have to be experienced enough to throw some stupid stories to the gutters? Hey, brother. Have you prayed well before you're choosing that one? If he chose you, you would ask him if he prayed well. Then you see, do you see another Mumu brother wondering, hey, Connie, have I made a mistake? Have I made and that's exactly what the person is about? Did you pray? You know, apostle, then they'll invoke my name. You know, apostle has been telling us to pray very well before we choose. The truth is that you were not chosen. And you are driven by envy and jealousy and anger and all that. And then now you are critical. A lot of critical people are envious people. You find somebody critical. You're looking at an envious person. You're looking at a very... And you see, the, the, the sickness of envy and jealousy is a dangerous thing. Such a person cannot wait to see you fail. I know there's a group in this church. They are praying that whatever I'm trying to do will fail. It's a lie. I'm not going to fail. I don't know if you know. It's too late. I'm not going to fail. Who told you that I cannot go to the promised land without you? I mean, I don't understand you. Why do you think that you, 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 you have to be a shepherd in my ministry for the church 
to receive enlargement and increase. Who told you? I mean, when I started the ministry, were you called alongside me? You are not called. I met you and I thought, oh, maybe the Lord, the way I saw your forehead shining, I thought is the anointing. I said, come. He said, come. <laughs> Until I realized your forehead was dry. <laughs> you understand? So don't think that just because you are not included that I have to fail and then it justifies. Listen, let's admit that you are already at a very high level of witchcraft. So if you sit here, listen, if you sit here waiting for, oh, I know. Apostle is trying to fill the church. Hey, are you a witch that much? That I mean, that God's church growing like worries you. <laughs> and I can tell you for sure, people who have had centers before, people who have had bustles before, people who have had um, a group of people they oversee before, and are no longer, are the ones that will never produce a single fruit. If I like, I will teach, I will teach fruitfulness from here to 2025. They'll be looking at me like that. <laughs> and I'm not deceived. And you think I'm teaching fruitfulness because I want you to bring me uh, five souls to the church and you are not uh, called Shepi. You think I'm, I'm deceived? No. What I'm teaching, so that just so you know it once and for all, I'm not teaching you. You, everything you need to know about fruit unajua. So my message is targeted at a young Christian in the church who needs this level of under. It's not you. As for you, you have made your decision. I have also made my peace with it. Me teaching so that you, you bring five souls. Then Apostle will be happy. He'll be happy when he sees me. I'm not the one who is happy when you bring souls. So I know that as you are seated here, I can teach fruitfulness if I like. That, that book, let me not finish it. Okay, let me finish it. Start again. Finish. Start again. Whatever has been put in your heart to do, I know is what you will do. So I'm not even looking at, if you think that fruitfulness, the expectation of fruitfulness is from an experienced veteran like yourself who has passed 40 people before. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't know me. I'm teaching, sometimes I'm teaching and look at somebody as small as, um, what's his name? Um, Fortune, that he'll bring me one person to church. You, you'll be so. There, there's a, a, another small girl in your dancing star. She's dark, small. Seized by Valerie the other day. Like somebody like that will bring me just somebody like herself. That's all. You, super veteran. No, 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 please. No. Because as I'm teaching, many of you are in the church and you're like, yeah. you think you can fire us and still make us do the work? It's not about, as for you, whatever you need to know, fruit, I've had boot camps with you, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. 
looking at fruitfulness. So there's nothing new I'm teaching you. I'm teaching somebody who has never done anything for the Lord and I'm trusting God that the message will sink in their heart. That's it. Because for you, whatever has been set in your heart, you have already accepted it. That is what you will do. Hannah, it's too hot for some of you. Then I'm the one saying, oh God, God, touch, 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 touch their heart. Whose heart? (laughs) Some of you, you don't have touchable hearts. You don't have touchable hearts. Whatever you want to see the church to be, that's what you are seeing. But I want you to know that that's what you are seeing. But what God has revealed is far above what you are seeing. Simple. You are looking at a very ragged man. Yes, ragged. Ragged and crazy for God. That I'm still waiting for fortune to grow and fill the church. That's a man you want to fight with. you You don't understand. You don't understand. A man that has the patience to wait for even younger children to grow up. It's you that you will go and marry and give birth to six children and be there nursing to six children and your children will discover my ministry and come later. You just see your son comes over and say, I've met a pastor. He said, Who? Apostle Reba. He said, Hey. That's my church. Yeah. Uh, you don't know. Why do you think I was all of you to marry and give birth? I'm waiting for your children. I'm waiting for your children. I'm waiting for your children. That will be future pastors, future missionaries. I'm waiting for them. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. You had a point now. Yeah. So those of you who have children, you are keeping out of the church. You are not doing well. Just bring them. Leave them in the church. Yeah, God will do what he wants to do with them. <laughs> Hesabu is numbers. Okay. <laughs> the thing looks very deep and nice. Kifudi fudi. What's kifudi fudi? Oh, okay. Kifudi fudi. Like he slumped. Something like that. Okay. Kifudi fudi. <laughs> yes, Kaskazini. I remember Kaskazini. <laughs> North. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you here? 
Yeah. So when you see people critical, yeah, you don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah, you don't even know what I'm doing. Yes. And so sometimes critical people are blinded by their jealousy and envy. Yes. Careful. So it develops an evil over confidence and oversteps his boundaries. Resulting in behavior similar to Koran, Datan, and Abiram. Yeah. So when criticism is infested or infected with pride, do you understand? The critical person, what happens to them? They develop an evil over confidence and oversteps his boundaries. Look at the things Korah, Datan, and Abiram said to Moses. That's what reveals the overconfidence that was in them. Yeah. They told Moses, you are not the only one who is holy. You are not the only one holy. Everyone is holy. Moses, you are not the only special person. We are all special. Why have you lifted up yourself above the congregation? You cannot believe that there are people who sit down and as I'm, you're teaching passionately, they actually are thinking, oh, he has lifted up himself. Yes. See how he's teaching. Some people even fault your teaching. They fault it. They find fault with the teaching. Instead of receiving the teaching, you're thinking, oh, when his voice goes high, he's talking against us. <laughs> or when the hand begins to move a lot, why is he pointing his hand in our faces? It has nothing to do with you. They even fault the method of teaching. They fault the content of the teaching. They criticize it. Oh. Moses had very painful words. Hey. Stop trying to make yourself different. Stop trying to make yourself special. Moses. Watch it. You are lifting yourself too much. You see when people have this evil of our confidence... They now even rebuke. Anyway, we'll come to that. Yeah. They rebuke somebody they should not rebuke. Hmm. Me, what I find fearful about this whole teaching is how that when the person is walking in that state, they don't remember anything. You don't remember it was your father. You could have died. It was that same man who saved you. It's the same man you are, you are now overstepping your boundaries. It's the same person. Like what shocks me about this thing is the, the, the memory of the individual is even like non-existent. They are acting towards somebody as though they are meeting the person for the first time. They can't remember the place of grace and the role the person played in the, like all those things 
are non-existent at the time when somebody is reacting in the way that they are reacting. That's what I find very, you know, it's very mysterious. It's like Satan wants wipes the brain box, the gigabyte. Do you understand? Yes. Even the fact that you, you once said, you are the best man of God. I've used my best meter. <laughs> At that time, you don't even remember it. True or not true? They don't even remember it. Now, it, it wouldn't be a good teaching if I don't tell you this. As much as the words Datan, Korah, and Abiram were saying to Moses were painful, and indeed sometimes people say painful things to leaders. There was some truth to what they were saying. Do you get it? Follow this. There was some truth to what Datan, Abiram, and Korah were saying. Now, Moses truly was not the only holy person in the church. Come on now, how is that possible? Isn't it? I mean, there, there must be other people in the church who were holy. Maybe even Datan himself was holy. <laughs> so, yeah, when they said everyone or when they said you, all the congregation are holy, there was some truth to it. Moses is not the only one or um, his brother Aaron were not the only ones that were holy. I mean, there must be some choir leader who was holy. Do you get it? So there was some truth to what they were saying, isn't it? Now, it was also true that to some extent Moses was elevated in the midst of the people. He was elevated to a certain level that nobody else was graced and lifted in the manner that Moses was lifted. There was some truth to it. Are you following? That's why people don't understand leadership. You know? Some people don't believe that a leader must in somewhat way be separated or treated even in a special way. Some people don't believe that. Do you understand? But look at this. What was making Korah, Datan, and Abiram make the mistake? It was that perceived meekness that Moses had. Because sometimes the meekness of a certain leader is maybe availability. You have access to him. You can write a message and you respond. Do you understand? That availability, that access, 
makes people think that they can overstep their boundaries and with their overconfidence, they can speak in a certain manner to a leader. That was the case of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram because of the meekness of Moses. Are you here? So Bishop says, the meekness of a true servant of God can be misleading to a novice. He may think that the prophet of God is in error and is actually apologetic for being caught in his error. You wish I didn't read that one. So when even a leader is apologetic, yeah, 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 he's learned his... He's, he's, learned his, uh, he's learned the error of his ways. Yeah, finally he has apologized. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> One day, Bishop says, I called for a young man, a minister who had been dismissed from his job in the ministry. He refused to come. And gave a cock and bull story as to why he will not come. He wrongly assumed that I was apologetic for certain things I had said. On the contrary, I meant every word that I had said. But I wanted to prevent his distraction through hurt and bitterness. So a decision was taken. The minister was fired. And then, again, this is where pastoral work comes in. I know that you don't like the decision, but come. We can still talk. And you see, that will prevent hurt and bitterness. Now, you should not assume that, yeah, he has fired me. Now he's feeling sorry. And he's up, he has seen the error of his ways. He, now he wants to make things right. Don't assume wrongly. <laughs> Do you understand? Don't assume wrongly. Because as for the decision, you see, a leader will consider a lot of things before taking the decision. So even if the decision hurts and you are hurt, and then your pastor says, come. Didn't God do that to um, Cain? He caused decision to accept Abel and reject his offering. It made Cain very hurt. And then God came. Cain, why are you frowning? Why are you frowning? You see, God is an example of a true father, a true pastor. But you, the moment you are called, (laughs) I sent a group of people a, a text message. I told them, don't come to this church again. I was walking in my house and my madness came and I looked for their numbers. I, I, I said, don't come. Don't come. Don't come. So, things progressed. Oh man, if only you understand leadership. So one day, I, you see, sometimes your father will be very angry. Yes. And he will make certain decisions. 
may God give you the wisdom to see the real heart of your father. It takes wisdom to see that even though the decision is so tough, there must be an unexplained reason for this particular decision. So, I I was there and two people, two different people. So, I spoke to so-so and so. And this person wants to come to church. I said, well, I heard it once. I heard it twice. Then I said, okay. So one day I asked this person to come and see me. I'm the one who told you don't come to the church. And I said, come and see me. Hey, that was the worst mistake of my life. Do you understand? That was the worst Mistake. You see, if you are waiting for your father to apologize to you, you are a fool. Some of you are waiting that Museo Anakupigia from village and tell you, my daughter, oh, oh, since you left, life has, please, I'm sorry, remember me. If you, you continue waiting. So I called this person and you know sometimes like this person I called her I didn't even tell her to not come to the church because it had even ministry related things. I was trying to wake her up because of how this person was treating the husband. And the person who gave me the, the, the clarity of the situation was somebody very close. So I said, this person, the path that she is on, if nobody wakes her up, and you see, that's why sometimes when you have foolish husbands, foolish husband, you, someone who doesn't know that I'm being helped. Do you get it? That, like the person doesn't know I'm being helped. So, I fired Odor. If Sam is a foolish as I say, yeah, I've been waiting for that. Charlie, let's go to Bondo. Turn there, we go. Except that his wife was not my daughter. You have to find out what is, there must be a reason. I may even be straightening her for you. Do you understand? You wake up. So when this person came, I told the person, the reason I took the decision, you wake up. You don't cook for your husband. You don't get your children ready for school. I told them, you see, you were seated here. I told them, you don't do this. You don't do this. You see, you go sit in the area gossiping. Is that what I'm training you for? He said, today if you want to know why I took, this is the reason I took the decision. Meanwhile, there was a happy man. Do you understand? There was a happy man who had no idea. And the person had direct contact. The person would say, Apostle, why did you sack my wife? Then I will say, Charlie, keep quiet. I'm doing something. It's for your own good. What I'm saying, Pastor Edu, is here. He'll tell you. I think the person sat in front of me. And I, I, I told the person, you, this is the, there are others whose foolishness, was ministry. I said, but for you, 
This is the reason. The person who knew the story and some other future orangu who was still here when they saw the person come. Mm-mm. jam. So they went and poisoned. Mm, now they need you. So they brought you back. And they want you this. And they want you this. And the person left. And then it was like, I, I regretted that. I even made that overture. Because on the judgment day, God is going to judge me. Why did you fire? And he, that, the moment I took that, God knew what was in my heart. And he also knew the reason. You see, that's the reason you can't explain yourself to everybody. So always make sure that whatever you are doing, your motive is pure. Because that is what will absorb you when you stand before God. Everybody may know he's a bad man. He will do center, center, center. After four years, he will fire you. What is the essence of doing center for five years and you have a bad attitude? So just because you're doing center and you have a good center, so nobody should discipline you. That's not ministry. So when the powers that be poison a person, the pe- she told me, she told me, she told me, I'm going to talk to my husband. <laughs> yes. And I think after husband and wife talk, the agreement was, yeah, don't go back there. I have lost nothing. Me. I will meet 20 winnings in my life. I'll meet 50 titles in my life. I'll meet how many Eric's in my life. No, mine is to make sure that when it comes to that day and God searches the motives and the hearts of men, it should be clean. So when they poison her, don't return. Because I was sending this person to a branch where there was a future Orangu. And the future Orangu was a friend to this person. Yeah. And you see, some people are not wise. You don't even know that. Oh, future Orangu doesn't want you to come and take my shine. Yes. If people tell you why they do and say the things they do, you'll be surprised. You fear human beings. My people say that um, the head is not like a popo. Yeah. You see, if the human head was like popo, I just take knife, I cut Esther's head, remove it. Oh, what are you thinking? So, and then I put it, I put it back. Isn't it? When you cut the popo into, have you seen what is inside? Yeah, but the human head is not like that. If you cut it, you will see what is inside. Yes. If it was like Papa, it's simple. I cut. I said, ah, so, oh, you are thinking of eating five samosas from church. Uh, that's not dangerous. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Yes. <laughs> Is it, and if I told Pastor Edwin, I, I was not going to like react on that request. He'll say, you know, Apostle, you know, he'll say... Sometimes the things I do, I do because they don't understand me. I just do it so they don't work. 
But me, what I can see, they may not be able to, you know, like decode behaviors. And that's how that person eventually disappeared for good. Do you understand? Yeah. (laughs) So, Bishop says, I wanted to minister to him as a pastor and help prevent his distraction. Some of you, after you are disciplined, you see, when we now call you to comfort you, in your head, you'll be like, eh, see, after you have made me cry, and then you doing this. Keep quiet and receive the ministration and heal yourself. <laughs> Unfortunately, he completely misread my gesture. He told someone that I had called him to beg him. I had called him to do what? Yeah, apostle, I'm, 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 I'm an epigia. I'm, I'm a epigia, Mimi. I'm a same Polly, Paul, Polly, Polly, Polly Bassi. You see, to not hear some of these statements later is why you just sit in your corner. Like you take the decision, you sit in your corner. Because much later, what you will hear, hey, when the sister left the meeting, people, they, oh, yeah, he has called me and, and you know, he has said I can return and that I should go to this uh, branch. Uh, but, you know, and then she had contribution from shareholders. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Later, how that meeting was represented. We should fight. Hey, bad fight though. I wound you, you wound me. I wound you, you wound me. Do you understand? I wound you, you wound me. Wound for wound. Bad fight. And then we should still make up. I mean, what kind of a Christian are you? I will never forgive. I will never forgive. Forgive what? Forgive what? You forgive. And then when somebody is even trying reconciliation, yeah, like, yeah, sweat a little bit more. <laughs> Try harder. <laughs> Try harder. As for me, I'm already in my ministry. You are the one saying, oh, you have the call of God on your life. You want to do the ministry. That's, that's it. Yeah, we should fight wound for wound. I fight with pastors. I should fight. I wound them. Tomorrow they should come and sit down there. Kule. Yes, we fight. We make up. Otherwise, how would you survive in a marriage? One fight on the fifth day of your new marriage, you had a fight. The fifth day. The fifth day. Your marriage is five days old. You had a fight. Which means that forever, oh Lord, this marriage does it will not work. A 
And some of you are likely to be like that. You start saying, I will never forgive him. I will never forgive him. This thing that he did, he hurt me, power. He hurt me. He did this forever. I'm here, but my heart is not here. You are a witch. You are here, but your heart is not. Where, where is your heart? Where have you removed your heart and put? I'm here, but my heart is not here. That's how some marriages crumble. Right from the word go. After that, he touches you. You are cold like ice. Just because you can't allow your heart to let you let go. Yes. When he offends you and then you just see in the night somebody's hand is passing in your head. You should be like, wow, it's about to go down. That night, do it like you have never done before. I'm going to teach you whether you like it or not. That night, do it like a porn star. That's the night all your porn training should come in. You do it that night like a porn star. Don't, don't, don't lie there like a cadaver. There you say, do you remember what you told me in the morning? We told you in the morning, this is Gioni. This is Gioni. Why is your heart that hard? <laughs> now, instead of now making love, we have to have a, a discussion. I mean, don't you know there's time for everything? <laughs> In fact, once you see that hey, a gesture is coming, a hand is coming, you're like, hey, hey, Anakuja. <laughs> and God is giving you an opportunity to not be wounded, to not remain angry. To not remain what? You didn't even eat before you went to bed. He has given you an opportunity. Make love to him. Then go and eat. And you are like, yeah, thank God. The fight is over. What is this life? You want to carry that anger to your grave? What is it? What are you carrying inside of you? And some of you sisters, you will not agree with what I'm teaching. Because it is always in your heart to teach a man a lesson. I'll teach him a lesson. I'll teach him a lesson. No problem, teacher Wanjiru. Continue. Atajua <laughs> Jui. I don't have that overconfidence. Yes. If as a father after, listen, I discipline my children. And that's the true picture of fatherhood. I discipline my children. When I last was home, I disciplined my daughter. Man, fire for fire. Then I was there 
day one, after this, day one after discipline, she was checking my temperature. In fact, we were in the same house, but she barely saw me. Yeah, she barely saw me. And I, I told them, no, don't step in my bedroom. So I, we were in the same house. You can hear movement. They, when I want water from the fridge, I wait till they are out of sight and I go for my water. <laughs> hey, I discipline her. The brother is not included, but everybody's in a fight. Hey. Even my food was brought to the bedroom. Hey. Then, second day, then I made a mistake. I miscalculated when they'll get back. And they came and met me. And then I saw someone, oh, daddy, I want to say I'm sorry. That was it. And then I brought my daughter and I taught her why I did, I disciplined her. Fight is over. Fight is over. She wakes up. She's a candidate. I wake up. I pick. I wake her up to study at four. As she's studying, I'm ironing her uniform. Fight is over. What? By the time she's finished, her uniform is, is, is iron. Fight is over. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She had to know that I was hurt. You see, I'm disciplining you. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt me. That's why people misunderstand fathers. Huh. If I see a memo disciplining Bram, then in my head, hmm, see that man, wicked man, doesn't like his son. It's not true. He's even more hurt disciplining him than even the one being disciplined. You will not believe it, but it's true. The truth is that only women think they are the only ones who love their children. <laughs> you see Odor pounding Briley or pounding Bram. The day Sam wants to do his own small discipline, then you see Odor say, what are you doing? <laughs> you kill the children. the point now. When the women are beating their children, it's like they, they can't kill them. Uh, the moment the man tries, like he has to kill these children. It's not true. It's not true at all. <laughs> so me, my children, they know eh, as, as much as I am I am you see, a lot, people like me are misunderstood. Yes. I love deeply. It's, it's what explains my hurt. If I don't love you and you do something, who are you? You don't look like my auntie anyway. <laughs> but then you can get to my heart. And I, it's also to tell you that it's the much I love. If you don't love somebody, nothing they do bothers you. It doesn't. So watch and this teaching will apply in your marriage. It will apply in your ministry. It will apply the day 
you till you you feel you can tell your boss Kwendaoko, remember this teaching that is the day the, see, the teaching is meant for that day that day that day i've been waiting for an opportunity to tell you these things for a long time <laughs> that day that day that day is when you should remember the teaching <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Some children on their way out of their parents' house is when now they want to tell their father all the things they piled up for years. Because now he has hired one small container that he's moving into. Do you understand? (laughs) So it's time to tell this man all I've been holding. Be careful. That's the time you need this teaching. Because you may not know after one month, there you are. You know, now you have to return back. How do you return back there? After you told the man, one day, I only took your, your kettle, the way you slapped my hand. You told the man all that you held in your heart. Now, your container has been closed. You have to return back there. Learn to not burn bridges. Yes, be somebody who doesn't burn your bridges. You may need it to cross back. Yes. A lot of people say things, they leave this church. It's only that we, the leadership of, that's why anybody can walk back in, even after the things they say, and it's like nothing happened. It's because I don't believe in burning bridges. Yes. Sometimes after they are returned, you see, I'm even giving them more praises. They have come back from China. (laughs) Rise up on your feet. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Careful. I pray that in your moment of temptation, you will be remembering some of the teachings. Yeah. It's not now. No. Almost all teachings are reserved for a particular season. Yeah. You just remember, hey, let me not make this mistake. Let me not make this mistake. Somebody wanted to leave. And Pastor Edu told me. And I told Pastor Edu what to do. Pastor Edu went, to, spoke to them. said, oh, no, no, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. You see, when you have decided, what can a mortal man like me do? Nothing. Some of you, when you make decisions, nobody, flesh and blood, can change your mind. I have decided. Hey. Hmm. 
Careful. You must be somebody that a higher power can tell. You didn't want to sit. He said, no, no. We are fighting. I'm not saying a higher power sit down. Then you just go down. At least somebody in your life. At least somebody in your life. And it helps you. It's for you. Imagine being somebody without restraint. Many of you, you're only correct because you are in the church. Yes. Oh, yeah. Is it like the, being in the church and being under a past? It gives you some sense of restraint until the day you throw away the chains. Remove the chains. I'm free. I'm free. Then now you see your true self. Yeah. Because now you are not accountable to anybody. You see your true self. And me, that guy is the one I feared. The one that is without restraint is who I fear. Like me. I'm talking of me. I don't know about, I'm talking, like the, the other me without restraint is the one I fear. Not even the devil. And you too should fear that guy. Yeah, that one, that you, that is without authority, is that person you should fear. Yeah, that's the person I fear about me. Amen? Yeah. And overconfidence leads you to that place where you don't fear it. Careful. I want us to pray briefly that we will not be presumptuous. That would see humility when we see one. Meekness when we see one. And that we should not be presumptuous. One day somebody said, Lord, deliver me. The psalmist said, deliver me from presumptuous sins. Presumption is a sin. Pray that prayer, the Lord, deliver me from presumption. I don't want to presume. I don't want to presume anything. Pray. Child of God, pray for yourself. I believe it's a powerful prayer. Pray that you'll be delivered from presumptuous sins. Even if you see humility, do not presume and react to it with overconfidence. It is a dangerous thing. It is a dangerous thing. Razumla gadala mahandi akapaya bahai. Yazende lemengres kubrahandios kaliade. Father, keep your servant from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Come on, pray that prayer for yourself.
Kalala malala malama lamala. Elale malela lamala malama. Elale mangrezua brodes kablelele. Ezuzende zinda lamakabia. Rakalu amegredis keblaha. Intalelelele maletai. Intalelele maletai. Eglazuam poriadahai. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. It is our prayer that these words, these teachings, will take deep roots in our lives. Deep roots in our spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the word of God preached by Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw. Do join either of our services at Love Springs International Church Headquarters this and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Connect with Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God richly bless you and lead you in a series of victories.